0: Welcome back. Dave Lee and Brandon here with you, keeping you busy today. And Rick Hollister is going to join us on the show today. If you know Jack Knife and the Sharps, you know Rick. You've seen him. You've seen him play guitar. You've heard him sing. And he's worked with a lot of people that names will be familiar. We're going to talk about that as well. Uh, A lot to talk about with this uh, lifelong musician on my first concert, but I don't know what Rick's first concert was, so we're going to find out in a minute. I do want to thank... Uh, all the folks that have made this possible, starbank.net, a wonderful partner of this program, as other folks at propane.com with timely and really interesting things happening right now. So we'll touch on that later. UCARE, great to have UCARE with us. And my longtime friend just talked to him yesterday, Jeff Doherty at Aquarius Home Services. And make sure that you get that free water test from them as well. We are in the aquariushomeservices.com studio as well. Rick Hollister, first of all, Uh, Thanks for coming over. Great to see you. Hello, Dave. First concert. Now, you're an accomplished musician, played a lot of people. We'll touch on that. But what was the first concert you saw?
1: The first concert, I went with my father. My father took me to see Buck Owens and the Buckaroos at the Minneapolis Auditorium in 1965. Wow. Uh, And then we went again in 66. And pretty much the show that we saw became Hee Haw. Interesting. A, a lot of the same crew and everything, and uh, I was just—I was flabbergasted. I—they I, actually sound like they sound on the record. I thought, you know, it, it, it was a spectacle. To see. I'll never forget.
0: One of my favorite songs it made me—I th- haven't thought about this in a long time—was a Buck Owens song called "Big in Vegas." Really? Yeah, and he had—you know—he had Sam's Place, you know, the Buckaroos. And- sure. Was it Don Rich who played in his band? Don
1: Rich, yes. They were best friends, and, and Don did all the guitar work and, and uh, higher vocals.
0: What kind of crowd was there? Do you remember that?
1: Oh, Sellout, both times.
0: Yeah, yeah. You Buck Owens and uh the, Yeah, they were, they were red They hot.
1: were real big in 65.
0: And Bakersfield Sounds, so Dwight Yoakam kind of was a big Buck Owens guy, too, I
1: believe. I opened for Bu- Dwight Yoakam. That was one of the most uh, professional shows I ever did.
0: Well, tell me about that.
1: Well, he had they had mats and everything laid out so he could do his dance steps, and every member of the band had a monitor. I had never seen that before, so there was they didn't leave any room for mistakes.
0: Where was the show at?
1: Uh, it was a casino in the middle of Wisconsin. It was at night, and I remember there was a full moon. It was it was just unbelievable.
0: How? So tell me about the call when they say, "Hey, uh, Rick, do you want to open up for uh, for uh, Dwight Yoakam?" Is that how it worked?
1: Sure. Mm-hmm. And most of those were, were, were calls out of the blue.
0: Do you, do you have any, because communi- if you're the opening act, do you have any communication, any time that you spent with Dwight Yoakam or not really? Your
1: not brother? with Dwight, yeah. with his band. His band got there earlier. Dwight flew in, but it's different every time. I mean, we've worked, I've worked with a lot. I even opened yeah. for John Lee Hooker two nights <laughs> in a
0: row. <laughs> oh, how so was that?
1: I go, oh, it was packed. It was crazy. I had to, in back uh, stage, I had to have someone else interpret what he was saying to me. I couldn't understand a word he said. I remember that. God. Just a culture difference.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and a, a legend. Wow. How long did he stay on stage? Do you, do you recall? Or were you guys out of there by the time?
1: Oh, he did? did 90 minutes each time. Okay. He, I remember he sat down.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. A, and what kind of band did he have? Did he have a large band? He had a large band, yes. Yeah. So what, when you're playing, okay, so you open for Dwight Yoakam. Yes, I have. And then you open up for John Lee Hooker. Yes. Does that determine what kind of music you're going to play before you, when you get out there, or do you just do what you do?
1: Good question. I pretty much do what I do, unless I see a lot of little kids in the audience, then I have to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you work enough shows, you end up doing some daytime events and, and things like that, State Fair Yeah, things like that, and then I have to critique. That's not the word. (laughs) Fix. Yeah, yeah, do some
0: self-editing as you're going along. I'm sure as well. But wow, those are some heavy-duty people to open up for. Before we get to to your uh, life as a musician, any others besides Buck Owens that you were able to go as just as a concert goer?
1: As a concert goer, yeah. Uh, Concerts that I remember. 1976, the Wings Tour with Paul McCartney. Oh, wow. 78, the Stones Tour when they were pushing uh, uh, some girls. Um, those are some I, I'll never forget that were over the top. But I, I've seen a lot of shows. I yeah. think one of the earliest that I went on my own was uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears at the Guthrie Theater.
0: At the Guthrie? Yes. That, uh, so you got I good saw, sound.
1: I saw the Beach Boys at the Guthrie, too.
0: When was that? Oh,
1: I'd have to look at a yeah, calendar.
0: But it would have been a while back. At the Guthrie cuz the sound in there had for that kind of show had to be spectacular. Elton John played the Guthrie, well, didn't he? A long time ago, I think. So.
1: I don't know about Elton John. But yeah. I've seen a lot of great people at the Guthrie.
0: I just saw the Grammy salute to the Beach Boys Sunday night. Oh, really? And uh, you know, I'm going I'm saying, man, who's going to play the music kind of I mean, like they did it. Right. Because they, they had a lot going on in those songs. but uh, Oh, they did? Man, that's pretty cool. Okay, when we come back, I want to ask you about some of those influences on Jack Knife sure. and the Sharps. He's Rick Hollister, lead singer, guitarist for the band. I'm sure you've seen him. If you haven't, I'll bet you might. The next time they're somewhere, we'll tell you about that as well. I do want to say thank you to the folks over at AquariusHomeServices.com. It's easy enough to get in touch with them. Uh, they uh, could do an AC tune-up for you right now. You want to be prepared when it comes to the hot summer heat. I know we haven't had a lot of that word heat this winter, except on the inside of our house. But they do the AC tune-ups to repairs, and Aquarius Home Services is here to help. I know that because I have not come out and tune mine up every year. And if it's time for replacement, they can offer you a new AC for as low as $55 a month right now. So they're going to treat your home like it's theirs. They wear the shoe covers. They clean up when they're done. There's no surprises. It's upfront pricing. You know what's going on. Everything's guaranteed. I could tell you that. All I know is they are really good, and they are really respectful of where they're working, which would be your home. They believe in earning the right to be recommended. We see that happen all the time now. Uh, So don't wait till it's too late. I'd call Aquarius today. Make sure your air conditioner is prepared. We're going to need it. They're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com, and uh, make sure that you have a nice conversation with uh, whoever you talk to over there because they are just awesome people. And I've known Jeff since he kind of started this whole company and watched that grow over these decades, and it's pretty fabulous. And you don't stay in business as long as he has with the clientele he has unless you're really good at what you do. AquariusHomeservices.com. Don't you just love it when you can confidently say that someone has your back? Hi, Dave Lee here, and that's the feeling I have with UCARE. Anytime I call them up with a Medicare question, I know without a doubt that a real person will answer, and they will work through my issues no matter how long it takes, and they won't hang up until I completely understand what's going on. Their people and customer service are second to none, and it's why UCARE has people-powered health plans. Don't hesitate to reach out to UCARE for help. Learn more at UCare. This paid endorsement brought to you by UCARE. My first concert, Rick Hollister's with us from Jack Knife and the Sharps. Rick, as you go to some of these shows, and I'm going to ask you about some of the other people you've opened up with and worked with, do you, uh, do you, t- do you take anything from them? Do you learn from them at all?
1: Oh, sure. Uh, there's, uh, one of my favorite bands is called the Paladins. They're a trio like us, people that are doing similar music. I, I noticed that they probably had the same record collection I had <laughs> first off. Yeah. And I am inspired by bands like the Stray Cats. I've opened for the Stray Cats and people like that. But I was doing rockabilly before I was exposed to the Stray Cats.
0: Was rock rockabilly the thing that you wanted to do? Was there something about it that
1: uh, I started out uh, wanting to be Crosby, Stills, Nash and & Young, and I wanted to be Buffalo Springfield. Sure. And I played a lot of that, and I did some open stages. I like uh, John Prine and music like that. And I can still do that. I can still do a pretty good Neil Young. But uh, the rockabilly um, grew out of influences from my father. Mm-hmm. He had Johnny Cash records. And, um, and then I had a friend, his name was Dave Hill, and he had big collections of records. And I started to... Uh, get influenced again by that roots feeling. And that's when it all started.
0: Going back to your early days of going to see Buck Owens with your dad a couple of a couple of years in a row. Yes. Do you feel he had some rockabilly in him?
1: Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Even the Beatles covered... Uh, uh,
0: Act Naturally.
1: Act Naturally. Yeah. Thanks a lot, amigo. <laughs> <laughs> I had a senior moment there.
0: <laughs> well, I, I can... Uh, but
1: the Beatles played rockabilly too in their early days. You know, their dance music. You know what, I should just call it dance music, because that's really where I I like the dance music, the interaction with the crowd at a a nightclub.
0: Tell me about open stage. What's that like for a musician?
1: Well, you get a chance to uh, make mistakes, Mm -hmm. and uh, you learn a lot. If you can play a song all by yourself, then it's easy to add some backup, and it's that basically made me stronger. Fill in, in the gaps and play in the songs.
0: You know, I've had a chance, you mentioned Brian Setzer from the Stray Cats, and we think Rockabilly, we think of Brian, and I've had a chance to meet him a few times when uh, he brought his guitar in the studio one day and played. Sure. Which was overwhelming. Uh, uh, s- s- he was such a good guy. But tell me about did you play with him? Or, no, oh, I opened for him. Open
1: for him. You know, you mentioned Bobby V earlier. Um, Yeah, Brian showed up at Bobby's funeral and played. It was beautiful. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes.
0: Wow. So, and you and Bobby V had a good relationship.
1: Yes, uh, Bobby's uh, sons Jeff V and Tommy V both played with me. Also, we toured uh, Iraq together and Kuwait.
0: And were uh, yeah, and you were somewhere one of the early ones in Fallujah.
1: Yeah, we were the second band in Fallujah ever. So in 2004, we were the second band that they brought in to entertain the troops. So everybody was pretty green at handling things and where we'd go and what we'd do. And and, uh, when we got there, the water supply had been blowing up outside, so we couldn't take showers inside. We had to conserve water inside the green zone. So little things like that were interesting.
0: What were your thoughts when they first asked you?
1: I wanted to go right away, and my regular band did not want to go with me, so I ended up hiring the V's to go with me. I, had, it, I wanted to go, and, and uh, so I had to go through the process of breaking in a whole different band to do it. Mm-hmm. And it was tough because it was hot. We did it in August. We were playing outside most, most of the time. There was no air conditioning or
0: anything like that. No, I can't imagine.
1: So. It was brutal
0: at times. How yeah. about just coming in for a landing? And uh, was there any? Oh, or-
1: <laughs> we came in in a C-130, and they did a, what they call a corkscrew landing. <laughs> I'm sitting. We got to ride up front. Yeah. We got. We were GS-15. We had a, treated very well when we did that. So we were riding up in the cockpit, and the computers going too slow, too slow, <laughs> too slow. <laughs> So you get over the green zone and you kind of corkscrew in, so you're not over an area where uh, you're not protected. Yeah,
0: and it were
1: you And then from you? then on, we went had two Chinook helicopters, so we would leave in the middle of the night, wow, and uh, go to the next venue.
0: The uh, when when you went in for that corkscrew landing, <clears throat> that C-130 did. Did they tell you what was going on, or did they suggest? okay, No, okay.
1: these guys are all laughing and cracking jokes. No matter, <laughs> it was the Minnesota National Guard that was flying there when we were there. It just sure. happened. So, it, it, no, it, it was comfortable. I just figured that they'll take care of me, you know. Yeah. What am I going to do about it anyway?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, in the C-130s, you still see them out flying out of there, and the, the oh, Air, sure. Minnesota Air Guard is terrific. Sure. And uh, they're celebrating a huge anniversary, I think, right now, as a matter of fact. Are they as well? Yeah, so folks should stay tuned to that, and you can learn a little bit more about the Air Guard. It's a great history that uh, I don't know if a lot of people know about. But wow, what a trip! And so, when you get there, what was your what was your uh, set list?
1: Oh boy, I couldn't I couldn't can't remember now. I had to, I had to play songs that the band knew, so it was pretty. how uh, should I say? Constricted, yeah, you know. Because I didn't have that much time, I had a different band every time I went. I first went in with my regular band. We did a tour of Bosnia and Kosovo, and we we I learned a lot there. I played Sarajevo a couple times. Uh, we did the right thing going in there and stopping that mess. Yeah. It was horrible what they were doing.
0: So you, you um, play there when you as a musician as a musician. You got it. What about your gear?
1: They, uh, we had our personal guitars yeah. and chords and effects, and then they supplied amplifiers, and so it was different every place. You know, I couldn't put on the show I really wanted to put on because we could not travel with an upright bass yeah, and, and all of those things. And I, had to, uh, I could not use my regular guitar because I needed something that would fit in an overhead. Because you're taking flights all over the place in little airlines that you've never heard of, and you don't know what they're going to do Yeah, with your stuff. So you got to keep it with you.
0: What an experience. Little did you think when you started uh, your own band that you'd be doing that someday. No, I didn't. Wow. Well, I'm going to ask you about some of the people you've played with through the years, too, Rick, when we come back. Okay. Uh, he is Rick Hollister. Jack Knife and the Sharps is the band. He's a singer-guitarist. I'm Many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't... Make sure that you catch them. They still play. Uh, and our thanks to our friends over at propane.com for making this possible. I think uh, there's no question that we all agree we need to lower the carbon footprint. That's a conversation pretty much every day, headline story pretty much every day. But at the same time, you have to provide reliable and affordable energy. And a diverse energy mix is what we need to do that which is extremely important particularly here in Minnesota you think about our four distinct seasons that we have well fortunately there is a clean energy solution for tomorrow but it's available today and it's ready to work alongside other energy sources it's called propane it produces 43 propane produces 43% fewer emissions than electricity generated from the US grid how about that for just a quick number for you propane is energy stored on site It's independent from the vulnerabilities of the grid, and propane's benefits don't end there. Major advances being made as we speak for renewable propane that's compatible with traditional propane, and it requires, and here's a huge key, no additional infrastructure investments. Minnesota needs to use all our low-carbon alternatives, and that includes propane, to safely provide that energy, that reliability, that resiliency, that affordability that we all want and need. Propane is the right energy right now, so you can find out more. And uh, make sure that you do your research and find out what propane can do for you. It's simple. Go to propane.com. Really a great website to learn a lot more about that. Rick Hollister is here on my first concert. Dave Lee with you. Jack Knife and the Sharps is his band. You've worked with some, Rick, uh, you've opened up for some bands and people through the years. Uh, Who are some of the folks you've worked with through the years?
1: Uh, Well, we started playing out at the uh, 7th Street entry, and then we got to play in the main room at First Avenue. And they linked me up with some good bands. I got to open for, uh, let's see, Dave uh, Edmonds. Oh, my. And, and then when we did a good job, then they kept giving us other, other opening acts. I wish I had a list in front of me right now, but I, just a lot of them.
0: Yeah. Do you have a star on the side of First Ave? No. It'll work I on
1: don't. It. I, I give Billy Batson a hard time every time <laughs> I see him because he's, he's got two.
0: Oh, Billy's got two.
1: Yeah, he's got the mofos, and he's got uh, the hipsters.
0: The hipsters, yeah. yeah it's not fair. <laughs> I'll bring it up. I think I think they're going to join us on one of these shows. Oh, is he? I, I think the hipsters.
1: Oh yeah, I give him a hard time every time I see him about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll I'll bring that up and see what kind of reaction we get. Yeah. Uh, so, among the people you've played with, any stand out? Anything that stands out for you?
1: I like the paladins. I'm just That's from it. San Diego. Yeah, Uh, He's my favorite guitar player, Dave uh, Gonzalez. And uh, I don't know if they're working so much. They're not traveling as much as they used to, but they they reached a pretty good level. And I liked what he played, his his taste. He didn't, you know, just great taste.
0: What is it like to play First Avenue?
1: I loved it. You know, they treat you good. It's been a long time since I played there. Yeah. But I, I don't, I've never had a bad experience. Working there. Loading in is always a pain. Yeah. Depends if you're at the entry or not.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. That's my favorite parking spot downtown right behind First Avenue. Yeah, yeah. Should, shouldn't say that now. Everybody else will
1: be Oh, I there. used to. Do, that was me, too. <laughs> I would go to that. I know which, I know right where you meet. <laughs> I remember going there when I was a kid. We'd catch the Greyhound on Highway 65, and for 65 cents, it'd take us down there and drop us off at the Greyhound bus depot. At the time, I believe the 7th Street entry was a coffee shop.
0: Hmm.
1: And uh, we'd go down there when I was 16, 17, go down there and go see movies and such.
0: Yeah. The, um, you played with Garrison Keeler.
1: Yes. Yeah,
0: huh? Can you tell us how that happened? Uh,
1: he came out to see us at a, uh, a show. Of, uh, his truck driver, Russ Ringsock was a big fan, and he brought Garrison out to see us. And Garrison was doing a show at the uh, Surf Ballroom, uh, kind of a Buddy Holly uh, tribute thing. and uh, I got a call the next day. I just could feel it in my bones. He was watching us play. And uh, I didn't bother him. Mm-hmm. I looked at him and I saluted. I got a call the next day to play that show. And then he kept having his back. So,
0: And you got to know him a little bit. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: He yeah. was from Anoka. I was from Anoka.
0: Oh, well, there, there's a home run yeah, right there. right
1: there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little things to talk about in common.
0: When did you start playing the guitar, Rick? What, what caused that?
1: Uh, we lived on a dirt road up in Blaine, Minnesota. At the time, it was called Route 4 Oka, And across the street was a guy named Clarence Iverson. He was with him and his brother were Slim Jim and the Vagabond Kid. They had a show on WDGY, I believe, in the 40s. And they had hit records on SOMA Records, The Land of the Vissaline Drifting Snow <laughs> and Nicolina. And uh, I worked in his greenhouse, and he showed me some guitar chords. My father and him uh, were friends, and uh, so there's going to be people out there that remember Slim Jim and the Vegamon Kid. And I grew up right across the street from him.
0: That was the inspiration. It
1: was a dead end dirt road, and
0: it sounds like a song. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's kind of Johnny Cashish.
1: I love Johnny Cash.
0: What was it about Johnny you that you like so much? Uh,
1: Oh, the groove. Yeah. That train groove. Y- y- have you ever written down the words for a Johnny cash song? You you think it you think it might be easy? Yeah. And then get out three pieces of paper. I get a wiggly worm and then I watch him score squirm and I put them on a hook and then I drop them in a brook and if everything's going to turn out right, you're going to fry fish tonight. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a short verse. <laughs> Write that out and see what, how much paper you have left over. <laughs> Amazing fi guy. Oh, yeah. And
0: that Sun Sound. I went to Sun Studios last year for Did the first you? time. Have you been down there? Nope. Oh, Never boy, you there. of all people would appreciate that.
1: That's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid I know too much about it to go down there and be disappointed.
0: <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's still a, it's a hole in the wall, but it is, I mean, it's so legendary. In, sure. Of course, some of the iconic pictures and, of... Uh, Jerry Lewis and Carl Perkins and Elvis. And I have
1: fans sending me video and film and pictures all the time yeah. when, they, when they go there.
0: So we walked in there to see where they, you know, stood where they took that picture. And But then they told me that you 2 had just been there, I don't know when it was, because um, they wanted to be able to say they recorded <clears throat> in Sun Studios. And so there, it's still a working studio. Sure. I, I don't know. Oh, I know they, that, yeah. Yeah, so... You should, it'd be fun if you could get down there and record something.
1: It'd be interesting if you could get me to work again. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been too motivated to record.
0: Yeah. Well, you got the tools. If, if I had go those ahead. tools, I'd probably be jumping in there if I could. But now here's the sad part, Rick. So we go up there, and upstairs is the radio station right. that played the, the records for Sam Phillips. And if the DJ, I don't know who he, I can't remember his name. But if he didn't like it, he'd break it on the air and pretty much ruin an artist's career. You know,
1: I did not know that.
0: I didn't either till I got in there. And they said, yeah, he'd crack it on the air and that artist was pretty much done. Um, and and uh,
1: I didn't even realize they had a radio station upstairs.
0: Yeah, I didn't either. So walk well, up there, it's behind glass. It's kind of a museum piece. Right. And I whispered to my wife as they said, you know, you know, don't touch anything or go in there. And he obviously couldn't. And I turned to her and said, I know how to run every piece of equipment. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> are you kidding me? I said, has it been that long? Oh, yeah. I looked at that studio, and I knew that I, I knew everything in there.
1: Oh, that needs a 6L6 power <laughs> tube. Yeah, <laughs> That's using AT7s.
0: Oh, God. Because back then, you know, when you're in radio, you had to have an FCC license, so you had to know a little bit about, enough to be dangerous, I guess. But, yeah, you, oh, gosh, you'd appreciate it. And it got Stacks records are still there, and... Um, uh, some great museums. Sure. Yeah, it was, It was. and I went out to Graceland. I'd never been there.
1: Well, maybe so. I better plan my vacation.
0: Well, I mean, you'd appreciate it so much more there sure. than, than most would, I think. How did
1: you go down? Did you drive down?
0: Yeah, I drove to St. Louis, stayed overnight in St. Louis. That's about nine, ten hours, depending on how much I got to stop. And then um, I think it's about three, three and a half to Memphis from St. Louis, if I remember right. Sure. And it was nice. Did it in January. Oh, re- So there was hardly anybody there. You know?
1: Well, there was a lot to be said for that.
0: Yeah. So it was. It was
1: uh, Right. And then uh, anyway. How was the weather in January? There. Cold.
0: It yeah. was a record cold for them, which, you know, so what didn't bother us, obviously, from coming from Minnesota. Sure. But all I cared about, it was dry roads. And, and so it was. Oh, a, sure. Yeah, I think you'd enjoy. And then you, you'll drive by not far from Johnny Cash's birthplace. I didn't go over there. You'll go by, uh, if you leave Memphis and go east, you'll go through Tupelo. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, so I don't know. It's a lot of musicians from that area, uh, so it's really fun. So anyway, the standout <coughs> standout shows for you that you performed. I mean, you obviously you've mentioned uh, doing. Yeah, ones I over was teams. trying
1: to think of other ones. Uh, we did Jet Williams, which was Hank Williams' daughter, uh, Loretta Lynn's t- daughters, the twins. They they were doing a show. I opened for them. Oh, so many that. <laughs> so many, I can, and I can't think right now. But there are a lot of good bands, a lot of a lot of stuff that came through First Avenue. Where I got to do the opening.
0: Were you ever nervous in any of those, or did you get to the point where you just show up and you know you're confident what you're going to do? Obviously, but
1: no, I've been I've been nervous at some of them. I noticed uh, one thing I had to learn is to, to breathe and and uh, not play too fast. That was my biggest. Uh, thing to work out was when I do a big show like that, I tend to rush. Mm-hmm. I would notice that, you know, don't hold your breath during a guitar solo. I guess if I'm giving anybody tips. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyone in particular that made you nervous? Oh, Or was it just the atmosphere? The Prairie Home Companion show, the
1: first time we played on that, I was very nervous. Very, very nervous
0: before the show.
1: I didn't want to make a mistake on the live radio.
0: Yeah. Well, welcome to my world. Yeah, yeah.
1: But at that time, it was everybody yeah. was listening, my friends, and sure. built up to that point where always oh, they're going to be on Prairie Home. And I didn't want to blow it.
0: Yeah. Well, you didn't, obviously. No,
1: we didn't. As a matter of fact, one of the songs we played went on his 25-year anniversary album. So... And then he won a Grammy for that. So I can go around telling everybody I'm on a Grammy. award when he know? <laughs> Why,
0: not? Why not? Why not? Why not? He is Rick Hollister. Jack Knife and the Sharps is the band. And he's with us today on my first concert. Hey, if you're hoping to expand your business or do a little repair work at home this spring or summer, I'd look no further than Star Bank. You know what? Starbank.net. Star Bank is our bank here Talk North. Yep. So uh, this is a pretty easy for us to tell you about them. And I don't know if you're looking for a home equity line of credit, uh, home mortgage, business loan, gosh, ag operating or equipment loans, loan for a camper, maybe an RV, but whatever it is, they handle it all. And they there's no red tape. I'm telling you, they, they're they second to none because they get this uh, done pretty quickly. And so I'd find out more about that and uh, applying for the loan, submitting your documentation, the turnaround time, I think you're going to find quite impressive. But uh, get your loan needs met at Star Bank. They've been doing a lot of years. Starbanks, family-owned, too. That really makes it uh, special to me. And it's Minnesota-based. Oh, by the way, uh, and I often make a big deal out of this, but when you call, there are people actually answer the phone. So you're not going to press six, press seven for this and then waiting and that sort of thing. That's how banking should be. And when you, if you do go into the banks, which I also encourage you to do, not only will they get to know you, I'm going to guess you'll probably know them the next time you go in there, too. Loans are subject to loan application and approval. But just call your local StarBank branch today. They're all over, stopping at your convenience, including right here in the Metro. StarBank.net, member FDIC and equal housing lender. Rick, I feel like when you leave here, we're going to say, oh, we didn't bring this up and that up. Anything special that, that we haven't addressed that, that is important?
1: Think of names, David Allen Cole.
0: Oh, my. I did a few but... shows with him. Wow. How was that?
1: <laughs> the second one was uh, up in... Uh... Uh, st cloud at a ballroom and when the his security were a bunch of bikers and when they broke out the big butcher knives and uh, knives and all that stuff i got the hell out of there before that show was over (laughs) it it reminded me of that rolling stones movie uh (laughs) altamont the speedway thing
0: wow and i you never even called me by my name. Uh, what a song. He had
1: an old-fashioned tour bus at that time, and I heard it, he had played Turtle Lake Casino the night before, won a bunch of money, and it was laying all over the floor, and people were just walking on it. <laughs> How's that for a story? <laughs> David Alan Cole. There's another song waiting to happen. Yeah. Oh, God. Did he have them? Yeah. He had one, an album on one side was called Homicide, and the other side was called Suicide.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine some of the crowd he attracted got pretty tough.
1: You got that right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Any others that, that stand out?
1: Oh, uh, I better pass. I can't think, you know. <laughs> okay. Uh, the guys from the Tubes really liked the David Ed- oh, wow. Edmonds show. They came up. And, uh, oh, my goodness. Well, you've had some. Tailgaters leg- from Texas. Leroy Brothers from Texas. A lot, lot of bands that it's been a long time. People probably don't remember. Charlie Burton was great. He wrote songs like Breathe For Me, Presley, and I Found My Baby at a Garage Sale.
0: Asleep at the Wheel. Did you ever? Uh... No,
1: I never got to work with them. Aren't they wonderful?
0: Oh, gosh, yeah. Been, I they...
1: love con- that swing.
0: Yeah, Country Swing. That was in, in, in some great songs. Yeah, I still, still listen oh, to you the, know, another the letter concert that Johnny got... Walker read. I remember when they sang.
1: <laughs> another concert I got to see, I got to see Benny Goodman at the Orchestra Hall.
0: Wow, well, how was that? That's... Swing. <laughs> swing. It was swinging. It was great. Yeah, that must have been something. He had a trio. And the band was sharp?
1: Yeah, he had a, just a guitar player, and I think it was a piano player.
0: Oh. Huh. So if you could set up a show, Rick, mm-hmm. you gotta, you're going to set up three bands, three singers, acts, whatever, to come in alive or dead. Who would they be among mm-hmm. them, among your choices?
1: Okay, we'll have to dig up Nat King Cole and uh, Frank Sinatra. And uh, Glenn Miller,
0: man, wow! So
1: How could you go wrong with those?
0: I don't, I don't think you could. Is
1: that what you meant?
0: That's exactly what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Was part of that your dad's influence? No, it's all my dad
1: mean? was pretty much country and hillbilly music. Yeah, but uh, I just love music, and uh, those are the kind of things I listen to at home.
0: Wow! Yeah. Well, I guess that's why you're a great musician right there. You got this wonderful width of music, and um, it makes a difference, obviously, when you're playing. I just think you've made so
1: much good music out there. That's why it's so hard for me to make another recording. I walk into a record shop, and I look around, and I go, Oh, you know what the world needs?
0: Are you going to be playing anywhere anytime soon? Uh, we're playing all
1: over Minnesota this summer. I don't have any calendar in front of me, but if you were look, to look at uh, the Facebook, Jackknife and the Sharps would be the best. Uh, we play at the uh, Shaw's Nightclub and uh, Schooner Nightclub here in Minneapolis a lot. Those are kind of my go-tos in between. And then some events. We just got done doing the Donnie Smith uh, bike show at the, yeah. the River Center here last week. Oh, cool. Uh and I'm not booking as much cuz I get to, I'm 70 now. I'm getting a little tired of uh setting up gear and tearing it down and doing the show to boot.
0: What a career though. How about you, where your are your daughter's musical?
1: They could be, but they're they're all raising families right yeah. now. I I've, I've got just had my daughter Kelly just had another baby and my daughter Nikki's going to have a another one in any day.
0: So, well, congratulations. So I have five grandkids now. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Hey, Rick, really great having you in here. I appreciate you stopping in. Uh, Congrats on all that you've accomplished through these many years. It's a
1: pleasure, Dave. You're
0: a sharp guy. Well, I'm just, uh, you know, it's the guest that makes a difference, let's be honest. uh, Well, you're articulate. It's nice. Well, I appreciate you coming in and the music you're doing, and hopefully this summer we can catch you guys. Hopefully. Yeah, I'll bring uh, my friend Brandon with and make him buy a a beverage or two. I see that guy once in a while, Brandon. I've never seen that wallet pop out, though, so I'm anxious to see if.
1: Oh, you haven't looked in his shoe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rick Hollister, Jack Knife and the Sharps. Check them out on their Facebook page. Find out where they're at. Go see them. Great history with uh, Rick and and uh, all of these people. He's worked with these legends. My goodness, John Lee Hooker and our friend Brian Setzer and so many others. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. It's great having you with us. Uh, our special thanks to StarBank.net, of course. And our friends at Aquarius Home Services here from the AquariusHomeServices.com studio and the uh, people out of Propane.com. There's a lot to learn there as well. Uh, I'm Dave. We're back next week. We appreciate you joining us here on my first concert available on Apple, on Spotify, on TalkNorth.com, wherever you get your downloads. Just download it and subscribe. and makes it easier and you'll hear it each week. And we we'll look forward to talking to you next week on my first concert.